Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. your father. This is the Luke and Pete Show. I'm Pete Donaldson. I'm Luke Moore. Hello. Hope you had a lovely weekend. Whatever you're choosing to do with your weekend. Maybe you listen to this later in the week. It doesn't really matter because we are here for you. It's on demand, isn't it? On demand. The people still say on demand? I like when they say VOD. Video on demand. We used to talk about VOD quite a lot when I worked at Sky. That was like the buzz phrase. Right. I mean, that's just everything now. (laughs) Everything's on demand. Yeah, I don't think you need to say it There's very few live channels anymore. What's new with you, Peter? Oh, Luke, I'm gutted. I'm gutted for one of the most uh, uh, moneyed YouTubers in town. Uh, oh, who? Logan Paul. He's a boxer Luke. now, isn't he? Or is that He's his brother? Boxer. I can forget. Jake Paul's a boxer, I think. Logan did do a bit of boxing, but I think it's all Jake's thing now. It's a joke. It's Jake's thing now, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's uh, Logan Paul has. Uh, he's fought in the boxing ring, hasn't he? Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah so, right. Okay, so Jake Paul's KSI, the other yeah. guy, isn't he? Right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, both obnoxious. So both obnoxious. <laughs> uh, so he. Uh, bought a lot of Pokemon cards. Now, are you familiar with Pokemon cards? In as much of. as anyone can be. I'm familiar with Pokemon. Yeah. Was the cards just like a trading thing, is it? Yeah. Like Pro Set cards day, back yeah. in the day. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. And, and these are very much vintage uh, cards from back in the day. What, what era are we talking about? 80s? 90s? It's probably 90s, late 90s, 90s okay. surely, isn't okay, it? Yeah. Right, right. Um, so the YouTube star has been a collector of the cards, and, he, and I think his brother is kind of into it as well, really. But he... Um, he caused a lot of problems. I think one of the one of the polls. He made a resin table, uh, which looked like a piece of shit when he finished. Uh, but he but he but he basically buried <laughs> all of dig. <laughs> piece of shit resin. Can't table. do DIY that guy. Piece of shit resin table. Yeah. Well, he's got all of the all of the funds, all of the resources. How in the wealthy world. do you reckon he is? Oh, he'll be, yeah, he'll be he'll be pretty minted. About right. it's like rock star money, like proper right. rock star money. But he um he got a load of uh, Game Boys, vintage Game Boys, and put them all in a row. Um, you know, you see it on on Facebook Marketplace or Etsy, people take apart these iconic uh, bits of uh, machinery, like an iPod or a fucking Game Boy Advance yeah. or whatever, and, yeah. and they sort of stick it on a wall. They 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 make it literally unable to use it, to be used anymore, and Just, they put it yeah. on a, on a wall. But this 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 guy, he put um put one of the poles, put five or six um uh, Game Boys on a desk, filled uh, a vessel with uh, resin, and basically encased these Game Boys. In resin, and uh, the effect was underwhelming, massively underwhelming. But uh, why did he, he do it? Uh, to upset a lot of people who really like Game Boys. So he's basically <laughs> just trolling, right? Um, no, he's just sort of saying, "Look what I've created." But you're not really creating anything. You've just made it hard for someone to to play a vintage Game Boy. And so, what's he done now? He's he's bought a lot of Pokemon cards. Well, Logan Paul has bought a lot of uh, Pokemon cards. Big Pokemon card guy, and he travelled to Chicago 
to have the, this box, this sealed box of Pokemon cards checked uh, by for authenticity, much like I got my trainers checked by eBay's yeah. authenticity people. Yeah. Um, uh, a company called BBCE checked for a second time, uh, and he discovered they were fake. He opened the, uh, the the box of collectibles, and it was just full of I think GI Joe cards. <laughs> Fucking hell! How much did he pay for it? Two point uh, three point five million dollars. Three point five. That's why I'm scared of eBay. Million dollars. I told you on Thursday I'm scared of eBay. Why? I just don't trust anything about it. I what think, do you mean? Well, I just think when it before it kind of rehabilitated itself to be actually a place where you can sell shit. Yeah, legitimately. It used to be a bit the, like like the Wild West. Yeah, yeah. I was just I told you I bought that Lego Home Alone house. Yes, for my family. You were it was going to be um, counterfeit. It was fine. It turned up perfect. Lego's so expensive. I and know. It's presumably mad. easy to make. Why isn't there more counterfeit Legos kicking around? There probably is. Well, probably very, a real issue. Very generous support of this show, Pete. Really. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair to them. Imagine our next sponsor, Fake Lego. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit cheaper and looks shit. No, but but you're right. It is it is it is dear. And I but I so what had happened was uh, that that Lego Home Alone house was really popular. Yeah, it just got snapped up. Right. Mm. I guess I can make a certain amount of them. It got snapped up. And what I did is I went onto the Lego website, couldn't find it, and they have this service where they say, put your email address in so that it comes back and stop, we'll let you know. Yeah. Right? Fine, so we did that. Yeah. It was becoming clear that I wasn't going to get one before Christmas. And mm. I really wanted one for my niece. Mm. She loves Home Alone. And, um, and the family would really enjoy building it with her. And so I ended up going on eBay where they had loads of them for sale. And I just thought, okay, I'll... I might scalpers. Have, I'll just, scalpers. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I'll just risk it. So what I had to do was pay like a 50 quid, uh, what's it called, premium to yeah. get it. Yeah. And they made 50 quid and that's their thing. Yeah. You know, look, we can have our own discussions about that. It's essentially just capitalism, I suppose. Mm. Uh, and But it did. It turned up per- it perfectly in, in order. It was, mm. it was prompt. It was great. And I couldn't relax until it turned up. <laughs> but you could just check the the, the seller's rating. About it. Well, no, I was going look just at this. Check what do you the think? seller's rating. Yeah, as long as it's over ten, like they're, they're, if they're usually good, you usually get away with that. But I start to build my confidence with things like eBay, right? And then you tell me a story about three and a half. <laughs> someone dropping three and a half million dollars. On Are you realistically real? going to be dropping three and a half million on uh, on it? I'd like to be in the position to be able to do that, <laughs> but I doubt it. But the but the Pokemon community who are obsessed with this kind of tedious wank, they they, they um, as soon as like he showed the box, they were like. This sounds iffy. This looks iffy. Um, they didn't trust the people who he bought it off. Um, the, I think the person who they bought it off in the end refunded Paul the three point five million. It's oh, all he got his money back. He got his money back, but then he needs to be made right by the people he bought it off. So, and 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 they were mistrusted by the Pokemon community in, in the first instance. So it's just that there is a uh, again. We, we talked about. Um, uh, the entire of the Western world just kind of crumbling. It it does make me feel a little bit uneasy about the whole thing where you've got um, retro video games, you know, your Super Mario's and stuff like that. These original box copies that are worth yeah. a certain amount of money, yeah. they're suddenly going for half a million pounds, yeah. right? And they were never worth that before. Um, and you get the feeling that there's a lot of fraudulent uh, retro stuff going on. There's a lot of dodgy, I, uh, dodgy stuff. I dodgy fully, valuing I of fully, the market. I fully agree that, um, and I don't know enough about this particular area to know whether this is a symptom of it. You would know more about it than me. But I fully feel like we are living through the first chapter in the story of the collapse of <laughs> But it's, I, I think it's kind of like collectors and kind of retro collectors. They're, they're the same people who <clears throat> have invested in uh, crypto and uh, NFTs and stuff like that. And, and I get the feeling that they are expecting a much bigger return on their investment of time. And unless they get yeah. there 10 times 
what they put in or they're 100 times what they put in they're not really interested so there's a lot of people and that's never been what of... investment investing's been no investing's never. never really been about margins scale, it's that been high. about scale it's been about scale and a, a 1% here and a 2% here it yeah. always has been Buffett's, so like, Buffett's not looking for a thousand percent return in a, in a year do you know yeah, what I mean yeah no exactly that's not what it's been all about it's been mm. about patience kind of sensible decisions right and, and another example would probably be that thing you, was, you sent me the other day about that June book. <laughs> yes. Where these guys paid two and a half million for a copy of June because they thought it would get them the copyright and they were going to NFT. Yeah, NFT I think, so I think, so I think it was a copy. So it was a... Um... So it was a book that was uh, created. It was, it was a. It was H.R. Giga was involved. The writer, I can't remember the writer of June. Uh, Frank, is it Frank other, Herbert. Frank Herbert, yeah, and, and a couple of other people, and they were kind of all involved in. And it was, I think, it was like it was a diagram to the original film or something. Basically, it was this. Uh, it was this guide to how to make a film about June, and there was only ten or eleven copies made, or maybe a little bit more. Um, so it was super, super um, valuable. Um, it got digitized a couple of years ago. In, in almost complete form uh, so you could read it if you wanted to really read and June June weirdly has ridiculous amounts of weird fans that it was, oh yeah it's really popular it's a big really part of the culture yeah. um, and so and so this the, the, this book was so incredibly valuable uh, now these crypto bros have uh, decided to buy uh, a copy of this book and uh, they seemed to think that by buying a copy of this book you know, a snapshot in time. They would own it. They would own the residual rights to yeah. the IP of June, yeah. even though that's just not the case. It's, it's quite a basic error, if you don't mind me saying. It's a very basic error. Uh, and then I, I think they're trying to sort of pedal back a little bit and sort of saying, listen, we knew that uh, we didn't have the rights uh, to create, you know, an anime based on it to sell to Netflix or whatever. We knew we didn't have the rights, but um, we we're going to make something a little bit different to it. Like, well, just do that anyway. You'd have to yeah. pay. And they paid like 2.5 million. But then people are sort of saying that this amount of money has been inflated and it just all sounds a little, this whole thing just sounds all a little bit fraudulent, a little bit strange. My, my, issue, bit with, like, my issue with the whole thing is that like, it feels like one, not many people understand the processes here. Mm. And two, huge amounts of money have been exchanged despite that. Mm. And it's all very opaque mm. and all very confusing for a lot of people. And that might just be because I'm old. But there's a lot of stuff happening in, in the West where I, someone much cleverer than me mm. will be able to knit it all together. And, hey. it'll, and it'll be things like the, the capital riot in, in, in January of last year, that linked through to essentially online culture, of which this is also a part mm. of. Almost like, almost like a, an undercurrent of what to me feels like anarchy mm. being fueled by online behavior. So if, if you, because if you try, I'm I'm reaching a little bit here because I don't really know an awful lot about the crypto culture and, and NFTs and stuff, apart from the, what we learned like a week or two ago. But if you look at how the capital build, the capital riots happened, it's directly traceable through things like 4chan, 8chan, um, QAnon, all mm. that kind of stuff. It's essentially like cosplay, LARPing, but in real in the real world, yeah. in real time, and. I, I find I find the whole it's quite terrifying, really, because the the people who are queuing on, for example, mm. the, it's easy for general members of the public, like you and I, or people who consider themselves to be you know, ultra Western liberals or whatever, European liberals, to write those people off as crazy. Mm. Oh, it's just a it's a symptom of them, whatever. They're not crazy. Mm. They're they're otherwise quite very very normal people. Mm. The they, the uh, listening to. Um... Donald Trump's latest uh, speech. Uh, I, I don't know why. I mean, I mean, he's on the campaign trail, effectively. Yes. even this early. Yes, yes. Um, and 
It's because the midterms are in November. As yeah, well. I, I kind of forgot that. I, I kind of forgot. <laughs> I, 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 I listened to it and I was like, oh, "Good God!" I mean, like, he, I've not missed that. I've not no. missed his. How relaxing his is it? Black been, people are black people are getting more vaccines than white people. Or yeah. you know, I've not missed his particular brand of unhinged because I don't really lift the rock up that much with Q and on and all that, all that business. Every now and again, you'll hear that um, that that there was a man. On at that speech, you genuinely believe that Donald Trump, uh, that 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 um, John F. Kennedy was at the speech dressed as Donald Trump. <laughs> it was very yeah. weird. But this guy was a senator, I believe. <laughs> some, of the Q- some, of, some, of, some of the some of the some of conspiracies are around. A lot of things that JFK didn't actually die, and he was mm. actually helping yeah. Trump on the campaign. Yeah. Kind of stuff. It's, but the, the issue is though that people who buy into all that kind of stuff. I think the worrying thing is if you weren't at a, a QAnon or a Trump rally and you met them in the street, you probably wouldn't know. If that mm. subject didn't come up, mm. you probably wouldn't know. And that's uncomfortable for people because they think it's easy to write them off. Yeah. But actually, there's a huge amount of them. A huge <laughs> amount of them. It's, it's, it's crazy. There's a really good podcast series about it called The Coming Storm, mm. presented by Gabriel Gatehouse on BBC Sounds. Mm. So once you finish listening to this and all the other stack shows, you must do that. That's one of the rules about it. Do you, do you find BBC Sounds uh, app quite difficult to navigate? It's some, like you type something in you want, and it's in there, but it just doesn't come up as it's a not, search. It's not as bad as the Apple Apple one. Yeah, I mean they're all pretty shoddy, I guess. I, f- I find a Gmail search crap. Right. Okay. Try to search for an email on Gmail, and they say this thing about how there's no point finding getting folders or labels. The reason they fucking de- the reason they deprioritize on Gmail like folders into mm. quote labels. Mm. Is because they said actually the, you're, you're better off just having one big inbox and just using our search function. Our search function is brilliant. So I, no search by, I search by date or, or unique word a lot of the time. Yeah, otherwise, it doesn't fucking work. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Peter, um, I, I, for those who are kind of... I wonder if the chat we've just had about that kind of stuff is a bit esoteric. So let me bring it back down to earth um, and let you know that in China last mm. week... China. 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 Puerto Rico. China. China. Puerto Rico. We don't talk enough about him being camp. He's very camp. He's it's really camp, camp, isn't it? Man, yeah. And I find that interesting as well because the disconnect is so apparent with people who seem, they do the old facts don't care about your feelings, bro. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. fuck you kind of thing. Fuck you and your feelings. Yet they also are really happy to carry around. They're, they're basically calling them, they're kind of positioning themselves as really big alpha males. Mm. And then they. Little red hat carry around a flag with another man's name on it and wear a red hat and yeah. not and not acknowledge the fact that he's he is the campest man, man in the world yeah. and uh Puerto Rico China 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 um anyway in China in China China um 80 uh, ostriches escaped from a zoo come and, on um, ran through were seen running through the streets of a neighboring town <laughs> um, and it is amazing it's incredible it just looks like any sort of <laughs> It just looks like any sort of city uh, scene out there. Like, you know, a lot of neon lights. Now they seem to be running down about And their legs look so pink. They look like human legs. Do you know what it reminds me of? <laughs> you, know, you know you watch those... Um, I'm an absolute sucker for these programmes, possibly because I'm a snob. I hope not. It's, I, think, I like to think it's because I'm interested in just human beings generally. But those kind of club reps type shows... Oh, right, yeah. You know, where they follow a load of club reps on a, on a season in... Mallorca or whatever mm. and all the stuff they get up to uh, and there's there's a series that came out recently called it's about Zante because you know all the kids are about, all about Zante now right yeah so Zante is the place so Zante is the, like, the Ibiza of this generation mm. right? so they all go to Zante mm. and there was a show on Channel 4 three part doc it's actually really interesting mm. uh, uh, but you always see like groups of um, 
boys and groups of girls going on these like pub crawls <laughs> and it massively looks like there's ostriches because <laughs> they're all together they look like ostriches by their nature because they've got naked necks and legs mm. they've got hardly any clothes on yeah it looks like they're on a big pub crawl and they're get, running to the next one to do some kind of challenge. Get them on one of those... Um, it's a hen night. Of, those, those little cycles, you know, those bike bike pubs, bike oh, bars. Oh, bike they bars, go through yeah. there. You see them more and more in London, which upsets me slightly. It's, Don't need it that in our lives. Like it should be a that. German thing. It's very European, isn't it? Or those ones that go up really high. Is it, is, it like, is it a balloon? Yeah, it's a balloon. It's like a hot air balloon. Oh, you but sit it's on like, it in the bar. You sit on it and it floats around and you, you have a drink or whatever. Your worst nightmare. What do you mean? Can't go anywhere else. Can't go anywhere else. <laughs> we, uh, you can't go to the next bar Where's because you are 300 bar? feet in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get just at least to play pulp on the speaker? <laughs> but Donnie, do you know what's interesting? about this? There's a really very palpable difference, isn't there, between having a few beers out on a Friday night in London, mm. having a few beers out on a Friday night in a small town in England and having a few beers out in a European city. Yeah. What do you mean? You just, you just drink Three two. very different things. Yeah. Okay. So if you're... Lon- out- London's very kind of different to being out somewhere else outside of London in England, mm. but it's also still quite overbearing and kind of regulated. Yeah. Whereas in Europe, it does feel a little bit more like, just chill out. <laughs> just put, put that chair on that iced over canal, have a beer. <laughs> yeah. And, and what and time is it closed? We don't close. We don't close, and you can have some frites if you want. Yeah, you know, so for everywhere sells frites, and if they don't, you just ask them. And go, yeah, we'll sort you out a pizza or something. Find you something. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of um, a lot of a lot of the attitude towards boozing in London and in England is because they people at the back of their mind know that shit's going to close early. Yeah, so they got to yeah. pack as much in as they can. <laughs> European, like if you go when we're in Kiev at, at six a.m., mm. a new shift of people just came. <laughs> They weren't closing. Yeah, you know that's I mean? your weekend, isn't Someone it? did a quick mop-up, yeah. sweep-up, mop-up, new shift in. Right, what, what are you having? <laughs> it's dangerous, obviously, but it's different. Well, if you, know, if you know how to stop, you can just stop, can't you? But it just means that alcoholics can drink with other people. Yeah. Which is nice. And that's all you're after. Makes you, makes you less uh, likely to end up on the fringes of society. And you're far less likely to have to drink on your own. <laughs> anyway, let's have a break. When we come back, we'll do some emails. I want to talk a bit about Hell's Angels as well after the... Um, the email we had on Thursday from our friend in Eastney about the uh, biker pub. So uh, don't go anywhere. Stick around. After the break, we'll be back with some of that. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Clash of the Titles is the podcast where two movies with something in common go head-to-head in a fight to the death as we decide which film does it better. And for the whole of January and February, we're taking film suggestions from you, our listeners. But he said to me, I was putting on, because we've done the social network, and he's like, why are you doing all these good films? <laughs> and I said, oh, well, you know. And then I had to admit that every, other people pick them not. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Join me, Alex Zane, with Chris Tilly and Vicky Crompton every Monday and Thursday. Search Clash of the Titles wherever you get your pods.
We're back with the Luke and Pete show. My name is Pete. That guy is Luke. And every single afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you might be listening to the show, we do our thing and we do it hard. Absolutely. Till it's down to the bone. Um, how hard would you say we do it? It depends on what, what week it is, I think. Pre-Christmas, we were doing it hard because we had to do a lot of shows. January's been a little lighter, which is good. Hmm. We're both very busy. So, yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed it. I'm enjoying yeah, it. I agree. Yeah. Um, so, before we get into emails, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com and get through some that our friends have already sent in. I want us to talk a bit about Hell's Angels, and I'll tell you why. On Thursday, uh, our friend in Eastney, whose name escapes me, Kia, mm. um, he had an experience with some bikers in a pub, and it was quite a funny story. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. But it got me thinking about the Hell's Angels. Mm. And I forgot to say that I was doing some reading for something else. Mm doing some research into something a while back and I stumbled upon the history of the Hells Angels and I knew mm. nothing I didn't know this and I'm sure it's a pretty underserved um, you know, tale so I thought I'd share it with you mm. about how the Hells Angels were formed mm. and the reason I know about this is because I was doing some research into what we talked about earlier about the January 6th thing and all the kind of Trumpism like rest of where to buy speed well <laughs> that definitely comes off? into it but the Hells Angels were actually formed by a load of World War II veterans in the, in about 1947, Oh, they came back with their bikes. You could buy your own bike, couldn't you? No, it's nothing what? to do with that. No? Nothing okay. to do with that. Cool. But it does come into it in a way, so okay. let, bear with me. <laughs> so it was originally started off being called the Pissed Off Bastards Motorcycle Club <laughs> because a lot of these World War II veterans had come back from wherever they were fighting yeah. and had been lauded for all the things they had done. And... Um, and they, but they got to a point, particularly the ones who didn't take advantage of the GI Bill, which said that, which was passed around that time, saying that anyone who served in the military for the US can go to university for free. Mm. And people still take advantage of that now. Mm. The people who didn't have that available to them and didn't take advantage of that, and the people who still found themselves in the same socioeconomic position they found before the war, yeah. but they were now, quote, heroes because of what they'd done, they started to get really pissed off because they felt like. They weren't being valued. The jobs were moving. Over. All that usual stuff about yeah. people of, of socioeconomic disadvantage. There was a huge amount, amount of economic prosperity in America around that time, but these people didn't feel a part of it. Yeah. So there's a lot of similarity between what people perceive as happening now, yeah. say, right? Yeah. What they did is they started this biker gang to show how annoyed they were. Mm. And the reason that the motorcycles come into it, because they were all motorcyclists, they all rode Harley-Davidson's as a statement of um, defiance Behind towards the fact that all these Japanese bikes, which were objectively better motorbikes, yeah. were, were flooding the US market after what had happened between the US and Japan. Mm. And that's why Harley Davis is synonymous with Hell's Angels, and that's where they all come from. That's where they start oh, from. Oh, interesting. So it's quite, it's quite an interesting way to consider the, them as a, as a kind of you know, social phenomenon in the United States. That that's how they came out of... Um, of that's how they came into existence. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, and and, and it was it wasn't the Harley Davidson things that, that did they drive Harley Davidsons in the war or something? Like there wasn't wasn't there I'm a lot sure. of Harley Davidsons kicking around? Maybe Harley Davidson made the motorbikes for the US military. Or something. And you would bring your bike back in bits and stuff, and then reassemble it on on American shores. And so stuff. that still happens now. I think if you serve overseas in the US military, you get all your stuff sent back. Right. So uh, my brother-in-law's got still got like a European car that the US paid for him to ship back from when he was serving in Germany. I see. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So I think that still happens. But anyway, because um, one of the things that reminded me of it as well is I watched a show. I watched a documentary the other night on. Um, Sky Arts called Crossfire Hurricane. It's one of the stories about the Rolling Stones mm. and all the stuff that happened at Altamont with the Hells Angels. Okay. Where they, it was a complete, I mean, people call it the, culturally the end of the 60s because you had Woodstock and then you had Altamont on the West Coast mm. and it was completely unregulated, unpolice. And, and I think the Rolling Stones or someone associated with the Rolling Stones 
um, agreed to let the Hells Angels, quote, police it. And the whole shit, it just went to shit. Mm. And someone got killed, someone got stabbed to death. The stones were in a position. If you watch the footage, it's crazy. There's like 300,000 people there. They know it's all gone wrong. Mm. But they also know that they can't stop playing because it'll make it worse. <laughs> so they've got to give this performance. Right. Because if they don't give a brilliant performance, people are just going to be even more pissed off. <laughs> but obviously, someone's just been killed. It's a yeah. crazy time. 68, 69 around there. It's crazy time in America. Mm. So well worth checking out if you get a second. Anyway, hello at lukeandpeach.com is the email address. Pete, I believe you have an email for us. I do. Uh, Kyle Watson. Hi, Kyle. He wants uh, to uh, talk about a bus etiquette. Okay. On his Cumbrian commute. Yeah. Okay. Uh, chaps, I'm in need of a second and third opinion on whether a social faux pas has been committed or not. The facts are as follows. My morning commute takes me through the Lake District from Barrow to Kendall. What a commute. That has got what to be. Commute. So we talked about the longest commutes on the show before. The most beautiful. Th- that's got to be yeah. That's got to be the most beautiful commute I can mm. think of, actually. What an amazing... I mean, how long does that take, by the way? I don't really That's know. an hour, apparently. I just checked. Yeah. Uh, my morning commute takes me through the Lake District from Barrett to Kendall. Uh, about five minutes after I get on the bus, there's a fairly large bus stop and a colossal bus-filling number of students get on. They are dropped off at a college 20 minutes down the road uh, before the bus continues another hour onto Grange and eventually Kendall. Oh, imagine that, Pete, all those students getting on. <laughs> Giffing their TikToks. Giffing their Making TikToks. their noise. With their little speakers, listening to Stormzy. Throwing their hubba bubba around. (laughs) On the morning question, all started well. Uh, The students packed up the bus as per usual and I was sat in my familiar top deck window seat. The very next stop, a clear newcomer to the bus route enters the game. Oh, newcomer, how does he know? Uh, They walk upstairs and are visibly taken aback by the swathe of students before them. They uh, currently, uh, they choose to sit in the uh, seat directly next to me in order to avoid sitting awkwardly next to a loud and chatty student. Completely fair enough. When the bus reaches the college, the students unload as usual uh, from the bus, presumably. (laughs) (laughs) Shouting or pissing or um, leaving me and my new stranger the only two people on the top deck. They don't move. For the next hour, they remain in the seat directly next to me with no other passengers choosing to come upstairs at any point. This left me uncomfortable to the point where I couldn't even casually browse my phone for a fear of a potential over-the-shoulder read from my new best mate. Uh, my question is, uh, should they have had the awareness to move away or am I getting all worked up about absolutely nothing Kyle? For me, Luke, I think I sit in... Bet- I'm, I'm a real fence sitter on this one, to be honest, because right. you don't want to... Before COVID, I sort of think you don't want people to... Uh, I, I wouldn't move away because I would hate this for them, people to think that I, you know, didn't... That I found their company uh, objectionable. Yeah. But during COVID, like, you have to. You have to, haven't you? But, well, yeah, I think, first of all, they've not asked for your company. So this is not a social <laughs> event. <laughs> Uh, this speaks to the very difference, I think, the very core difference between you and I. Yeah. You co- get up, announce that you are moving. I'm just. Go- There's lots of room on this bus. I'm going to go over here, but I'm yeah. still going to talk at you. No, I wouldn't talk at them. <laughs> I think. I think with COVID, that complicates it because really, mm. it's a COVID complication. They should be following the protocol, right, and keeping distance whenever they can. Mm. And if they couldn't before, fair enough. But now they can, so they should. Yeah. The social aspect of it, I think, for me, you've got to move. Yeah, and and, and I, I, I agree. I, I, and look, You've 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 what you've done there is given a caricature of me, which is fine. <laughs> but what I think I would actually do is say, I'll just give you a bit of space mm, and move. Yeah. And if they had headphones, I just wouldn't say anything. Mm. If, on the tube into the office, if you so this is a boring London centric point, but Pete, just for the sake of conversation, Victoria to Oxford Circus is Ramo, mm. right? Two stops: Victoria Green Park, Oxford Circus. Those two stops, it's Ramers. Mm. I get on at Victoria, so I'll just get on wherever I can. And if I can get a seat, I'll get one. Yeah. 
you get to Green Park, some people get off, so you can get a seat. If I'm sat next to loads of people, Oxford Circus, 90% of the people get off. Mm. If I'm then sat next to someone who's not got off, I will instantly move. Yeah. Instantly. That's because it, otherwise you're just causing yourself grief and causing that other person grief. Because mm. you've not got the space you need. That's and in true. London, no one gives a shit because no one talks to anyone anyway. No. So in, in London, in that situation on the tube, would you move? Yes. And you wouldn't say anything? I wouldn't say anything. And it's it's the bad. tube. Tube's different though, isn't it? Tube's different. Is it? It's the same principle Tube's though. different though. I'm, 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 with Carl, I'm not offensive on this all day long. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. But here's one for you though. Here's the crux of the question. If you're in Carl's position, mm. do you ask the guy to move or do you move yourself, even though you're on the inside seat? Oh, that's a good point, actually, yeah. I know, I'd stay. I'd stay. If, if, if I had the window seat, I'd stay. What you would probably do is look at some really objectionable content <laughs> on your phone <laughs> until they move. Go, mm, this is good. This is all good stuff. Munch, munch, munch. <laughs> <laughs> if I was on the inside seat, I probably would say, excuse me, mm. and I would get out and I'd go sit somewhere else. True, yeah, that, I, I think is, that's fair. Is that I awkward guess. though? Would you you wouldn't said you wouldn't do that because you'd be awkward. <laughs> I'm awkward at whatever I do. It doesn't really matter. Exactly. So you should just set fire to the whole thing. It's going <laughs> to be right awkward anyway. Yeah, <laughs> great conundrum for us, yeah. Carl. Maybe people listen Thanks, to have got their own our own ideas. I mean, Thanks, hello, Luke If you can think mm. of a tactic for Kyle, because this might happen again for all we know. True. And true. Sounds to me like on a commute of that quality, you probably want a window seat as well. That's true as well. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Do you think that, do you think Kyle gets blasé about the commute the same way we get blasé about walking past Buckingham Palace or whatever? Because we lived in London for so long. Yeah, he probably does to be honest. But I hope it's a t- I hope it's um, a double decker. Yeah, I think he's actually he said that, he said, it's he said it's yeah top deck window yeah. seat. He says that beautiful. What a, what a commute! Yeah. I imagine it has its disadvantages, but well, it's an hour and five minutes to drive it in a car. So with a bus, <sighs> it's going to be an hour and a half minimum. Mm. So I mean. It's a long old hop. Mm. I wonder what job he does. Carl, there's so many questions. Yeah. Follow up with us. Let me and, know. And people who've got their own opinions around what they should, what should be done, their own tactics, hello at lukeandpeacher.com. You can also email us in with anything else you want to talk about. We've got loads of emails to get through, but we still want more. So mm. hello at lukeandpeacher.com. That's all we've got time for for Monday show, but we will be back on Thursday, so listen out for that. Mm. In the meantime, do stem, take a, literally a minute out of your day to uh, review us and give us a five-star on any app you're listening on. That really helps us, helps other people find us. It's all good stuff. Share a bit of positivity around in an internet which is often beset with negativity. (laughs) That would be great. Uh, And until then, we'll see you on Thursday. Peter, anything to add from you? Literally not a thing. Great stuff, in which case we'll duck out of here and say see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. The Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.